It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Another day, another press conference with K-State football leading up to the season that begins in 18 days oh on September 3rd. God. Man. The clock is ticking. Tick tock, tick tock. Come on. That was cheesy. All right. Uh, but coming up at 510, Van Malone, associate head coach, also works with the corners and also in the passing game. And also not cheesy at all. Van Malone no. bringing the heat. I'm telling you, if you if had a chance to watch his press conference today, if he wasn't a coach, he could be a motivational, motivational speaker. That's awesome. That's he, he's awesome. a great talker. He's really good at coach talk, too. But I think he makes it a little bit more interesting than most coaches. Anyway, we'll hear highlights from his press conference coming up at 5.10. And then right after him, we're going to hear from Adrian Martinez, mm-hmm. who spoke to the media yesterday. Also coming up here in the uh, first hour, as a matter of fact, here in just a few moments, we're going to hear from Keenan Cummings. He writes for VWSports.com. That's the rival site for West Virginia. And he's going to give us a preview on the West Virginia Mountaineers in the 2022 season. I have a top 10 this week. That's a 425. Now, uh, before we get to Keenan, a couple of things. Well, really just one thing for right now. Um, The NFL Twitter account just about 11 <laughs> minutes ago, tweeted out a highlight reel of Skylar Thompson <laughs> in, his, in his preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really? And it's a uh, – heck, it's been out for 10 minutes. It's already got like 20,000 views, and it's a minute and a half long. I retweeted it, and I, I would imagine most didn't get to watch this game. All we saw was the highlights that were tweeted out or put on Facebook or wherever you watch your social media clips. I sounded really old when I said that. I'm 32 now. You know, that's just how your vocabulary transitions when you get older. Uh, but you'll you'll see some plays in there you probably didn't see of just people tweeting out videos. You'll see the touchdown pass, but you'll see plays leading up to that, converting third downs, making nice plays, stepping up in the pocket, delivering a target to a target down the middle of the field. There's some really solid highlights in there, so I highly suggest checking it out. NFL Twitter account, or I retweeted it, at Mitch the Fort. Let's go ahead and get to our guest for today. I recorded it earlier, and I forgot to open it up, so that's my bad. But uh, here it is. So yeah, He's not talking much. What's this guy's deal, man? No, he was, uh, I, he, he was really good. So, Kenny Cummins is our guest here on the game. West Virginia will open up. Uh-oh, uh-oh. We're going to get a kick sneeze? Save. Okay. Kick save. <laughs> he blocked it. In a butte. Blocked the kick. Uh, West Virginia will open their season on September 1st. That's a Thursday. Um, and that's against Pitt. That is a renewal of the rivalry of the backyard brawl. And it's been 11 years since that game has been played. So I'm sure both sides, especially West Virginia, is ready to play this game on the road. Well, I think any time you get Pittsburgh and West Virginia together, it's a good time. The fan base has a good time. It's it's a game that really it's one of the tragedies of realignment in the sense that it's a staple. I mean, if you're growing up in the state, you're growing up in either state, and you followed either program for any significant amount of time, a lot of times these, these programs have measured up against each other. So there's a lot of excitement. Um, the game is sold out. 
that is not surprising. There'll be a lot of West Virginia fans making their way up to Heinz Field, and Pittsburgh obviously is coming off a lot of momentum from the year before. But anytime you have the backyard brawl back on the college football schedule, it's a good thing for college football. Yeah, I like that it's isolated on that Thursday. It's going to get a lot of eyeballs as well. With uh, is, And college game day is going to be there, isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, it will, it will be a lively scene. I think this is a game that, you know, both fan bases love to hate each other. Sometimes they act like they're too good for one another, but, you know, they, they in a way they kind of need each other. You see it just with, you know, interaction. That's one thing West Virginia struggles a little bit with being in the Big 12. There really is no close schools. So it's it's kind of refreshing in a sense to come across people that, you know, you're going to play, you know, in everyday life. And it's got West Virginia fans fired up. I'm curious to know about the reaction as well with currently where like the football program is coming off that six and seven record, and you have two non-con games on the road. Was there any negative reaction to that, or is it just what it is? Yeah, it is what it is. I don't think you're going to have any West Virginia fan complaining about playing a traditional rival. Yes, would would they prefer one of those games to be at home? Absolutely. But it is what it is. You know, West Virginia is one of two teams, along with Colorado, that are playing eleven Power Five teams. This year, they did the same thing last year. It's going to come down to winning, though. I mean, this is year four for Neil Brown. Fans are ready to see kind of the trust the climb has been the motto here. Trust the climb, trust the climb. Now it's time to see some results. I mean, that's how a lot of fans feel. And I think Neil would be the first person to tell you that's fair. You know, you're year four now. Uh, you've developed kind of the program where you want to be. Yes, you have to replace some pieces, but that's college football now everywhere. I mean, with the way the transfer portal works and – Guys moving in and out, it's kind of like an unlimited free agency. So you gotta you got to adjust and adapt. Would you say this for Neil Brown is a hot seat year? If it doesn't work out, he might be done? I wouldn't go that far. Uh, will he have some issues with the fans? Sure. Um, I think with his contract, the way it's structured, you know, and there's a lot of faith from the administration. I think people tend to, at times, overreact in these situations because you can see the little things, you know, if you look at last year, for example, you mentioned the 6-7 and seven record. West Virginia lost two games at the Horn, mm-hmm. and they lost a couple others very late. You know, you, you swing one or two of those games, you're talking about a completely different season. But see, that's the point. At some point, you got to have results. And if you can't find a way to win those games, you're going to have issues. I think if West Virginia goes out and finds a way to beat, beat Pittsburgh in an opening game, the whole narrative has changed. Because I think if you talk to any West Virginia fan, they want to see Neil Brown succeed. It's just now it's about, you know, 17 and 18 after, after three seasons. It, it's time to start putting those results on paper. Kenny Cummings is our guest as we preview West Virginia football here on the game. So getting ready for this 2022 season, Neil Brown does add a, a couple of names for sure to the offense. Offensive coordinator, the new one, Graham Harrell. And now a quarterback transferring. He was first at USC with Graham Harrell goes to Georgia, and now he's at West Virginia, is uh, JT Daniels, who has had a, a little bit of history, for sure, with uh, injuries. But if you think about you know what you have coming back, a wide receiver, Bryce Ford Wheaton ex- I mean, really stands out there. So with JT Daniels, Graham Harrell, does it feel like this could be really successful as long as Daniels stays healthy? Yeah, I think that's one of the bigger questions. Um, you know, they're holding – a quote-unquote quarterback competition this fall. But the expectation is that Daniels is going to win that job. I think he brings a different element. I mean, you look, even in his limited time, as you said, he's dealt with injuries. He's thrown 32 touchdown passes in his career. The other three options on the roster have thrown 32 passes. 
in a college game. So there, there's much more experience on his side. He has a different presence about him. You know, he's not younger. You can tell he's been through it. Puts the ball pretty much where it needs to be. He's a confident guy. He's a smart guy. And you got Graham, who they have a history, as you mentioned, at USC. He, he wants to push the ball down the field. And I think when you look at what JT does well, he really excels at that. Yeah, he, he's good at throwing the ball deep, putting the ball where it needs to be. Is it always perfect? No. But I think it is an upgrade over what West Virginia's had the past few years. What's the story at running back? Who's going to be the uh, one replacing Liddy Brown? I think you're going to see a mix of guys, but the leader in the pack is going to be Tony Mathis. Uh, you saw him a little bit towards the end of last year. He's actually a guy that probably would have played a lot more last year. He got hurt in camp, didn't really get back to himself towards near the end of the season. But you go back and look at that Kansas game and some other games, he was pretty much a difference maker. I mean, he runs hard, runs physical. They got some young guys they're really excited about in Jalen Anderson and Justin Johnson. They think both of those guys are going to take a leap in year two. And they have another interesting guy that he was recruited as a tight end, more of an H-back type guy. His name's C.J. Donaldson. But he's been playing at running back and not just playing there, but doing well. He's a guy that's going to play this year, and they can move him around and play a lot of different spots with it. Moving to the defensive side of the football, there are some really strong defensive lines across the Big 12, and I mean, K-State is certainly one of those that sticks out of being very talented defensive line. I wanted to get your idea. Dante Stills comes back, first team all Big 12 last year, but outside of him, how strong is the D-line for the Mountaineers? I think it's going to be as good as it's been for West Virginia in recent years. I really do believe that, and not, not only in terms of necessarily having two or three guys that stand out, but their depth. You know, I think this is the most confident that, since Neil Brown has been here at least, that they feel about their depth. They could go maybe eight, nine deep, which is not something that's been the case. They lost a big piece with Akeem Mesidor entering the transfer portal, but they filled that with, with another transfer, Mike Lockhart, and they have uh, Jordan Jefferson, who's mm-hmm. another guy they're very confident in up front. Taj Austin returns. Uh, Sean Martin is a guy they love uh, developing a, a kid from West Virginia that you know, he arrived here kind of skinny. Now he's uh, he six foot four, six foot five, you know, 293 pounds. So they feel pretty good about what they got there. It's a matter of kind of how everything comes together on the back end because they have a lot of guys moving in and out, you know, the transfer portal this offseason. Yeah, is it the rest of the defense just question marks with maybe the exception of Charles Woods at corner? Yeah, I'm, I don't want to say it's, it's an interesting dynamic now in college football because. Yeah, some of these guys are new, new to the program per se, but when you look at their experience, all of them have started multiple years at different places. So they feel confident in what the secondary can bring and their speed and athleticism. That's the one thing that I've noticed. You know, I've covered the team for over a decade now, and the athleticism and the length in the second and third level is not like anything I've seen. Now, will that translate to being the standard that they've set? The past few years defensively, we'll have to wait and see. But there's no question they can cover a lot more ground. Kenny Cummings is our guest from WVSports.com here on the game. We preview West Virginia Mountaineer football. Is there a player in the transfer portal that West Virginia got you haven't mentioned or maybe a young guy that Neil Brown and, and this coaching staff have been talking about that we should keep an eye on? There's, there's a few. I mean, I really think that both the cornerbacks they got out of the transfer portal and Wes McCormick and Rashad Ajayi are going to play. Um, maybe both of them kind of split time next to Charles Woods, but they like them both. They're long, they're athletic, you know, started multiple years at James Madison and uh, Colorado State. 
I think those are two guys they really like. Uh, Lance Dixon played last year, but really came on at the end of the season. And he's a guy to watch. But the guy that probably has the most buzz, defensively at least, in terms of you know, this is a guy you need to pay attention to, is Lee Coba. Uh, junior college transfer, played at Syracuse for a couple years, then went to junior college. He's been the leader of that defense. In a way, he kind of forced out the starting linebacker from last season and Josh Chandler. Uh, he kind of come in and took that job, and Josh Chandler decided to leave. So kind of tells you where they, where they, what they like about him. And offensively, I'd go with Caden Prather, a name not many people are thinking about right now. They had 12 catches as a freshman, but looks the part. He's six foot four, can run well, and they're expecting some big things out of him at wide receiver this year. Couple for you, couple more questions for you here, Keenan. Before I let you go, so I'm looking at the schedule. I think everybody kind of picks out a swing game where it could really turn the season in a certain direction. And I know you know K State coming to uh, West Virginia in uh, in November. That's going to be a really big ball game, I think, for both teams. But do you look at the schedule and find a swing game that could really tell the uh, story of this year? It sound, it's not really fair to go with this, but, I mean, I'm almost like I mentioned at the top, the top Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I mean, if West Virginia can win, find a way to go up there and win that game, it completely changes the trajectory of the season. Now, if you lose it, you know, it's not going to be dooming, but you need to find a way to win that one. And I think I, just the early portion of that schedule for West Virginia, it's, it's, they can navigate it if they can get everything together. you got to go to Virginia Tech, which won't be easy, but they're replacing a lot, and West Virginia also won that ball game last year. So if I had to pick one and be fair to the team, I do think they have to find a way to go on the road and win one of Pitt or Virginia Tech before you get into the meat of the Big 12 schedule. Well, Keenan, my last question for you is is pretty simple, and I'm sure you'll release something towards the beginning of the season, but as for right now, I'm sure you've looked through the schedule and picked out who West Virginia is going to beat, who they might lose to. Your prediction on the season? I've gone back and forth on this. I'm not quite ready to make a definitive statement, but I think West Virginia does surpass expectations, at least nationally. You know, I've seen a lot of five wins, five and a half wins type of projections. I think this is a team that can get to seven or eight uh, if they get some breaks, you know, win some close ball games, possibly even more if JT Daniels proves to be the real deal. But as you know, I mean, the Big 12 is a grinder. Usually there's, there's a few elite teams, but mostly every team outside Kansas is pretty good. All right, Keenan, awesome stuff. Great preview on West Virginia. You've you've convinced me to uh, change my prediction on the Mountaineers a little bit as uh, done a good job in the transfer portal. JT Daniels, if he stays healthy, the offense could be really good. That air raid that Graham Harrell's going to bring to Morgantown. But uh, Keenan, greatly appreciate your time. Hope to talk to you again coming up in November when the, the Cats visit Morgantown. No problem at all, man. Yeah, there's definitely some quiet optimism. So we'll see how it plays out. There you have it. Keenan Cummings from WVSports.com out of Morgantown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, West Virginia kind of has that feeling like what Neil Brown has done in recruiting. Brought in some good guys to fill some spots. There's still some question marks, but if it does come together, West Virginia could be pretty good. I still, what I said to Keenan there at the end about maybe raising my prediction, like I'm still filling 500 team right now. I can't really put them past. Six and six quite yet. If JT Daniels gets hurt, I think it's all she wrote. Yep, yep. Down it goes very quickly. You're putting a lot onto your quarterbacking uh, because, let's be perfectly honest, last year when they came in met to Manhattan, they did not look like they they were a fluid team on either side of the ball. And uh, if if you're relying on 
quarterback to handle all of that while changing up your offense. You're going to make your make it very interesting if something goes wrong. So talking to Keenan, uh, we were talking non-conference schedule, and that's what uh, sparked an interest in doing a top 10 today and my topic for today. So my top 10 list is coming up next on The Game. We continue with the game on KMAN. 537-1350 is our number. Stone Cold Crazy, Ooh. you know? I love that, Do you man. prefer the Queen version or Metallica's? Queen. I'm a Queen person. Uh, Metallica's fine. They're a fantastic, obviously. I mean, you know, it's like, oh, hey, one of the greatest bands of all time. But they're fine. But this version is my stuff. Travion is on the phone trying to figure yeah, something the, the out. Wi-Fi. It needs to be reset. And he's on the phone with, with our the vaunted IT man, Paul P., who is amazing at his job. He is so not stupid. <laughs> he's so smart. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying he is smart. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale. David G, Travion Berkeley, and Travion's not going to be able to pot this down, so we're going to keep it going until it fades out. <laughs> I like it, man. It's having some bed music, you know? And it's only a two-minute and 36-second song, so... <laughs> well, you ready for my top ten list of the week? Dude, I am fired up for this. I am super pumped. So, there were a couple of questions with Keenan just in the last segment about this current topic. My top ten list for the week are Big 12 non-con games I'm looking forward to the most. There's a pretty decent docket this year for Big 12 teams, and we mentioned West Virginia, who will go on the road twice Mm. and play Mm. Power 5 opponents, some old rivals that they've been renewing. So here we go, my top 10 list of Big 12 non-con games I'm looking forward to. Number 10. Number 10. I debated like between three games. I picked TCU at Colorado on September 2nd. That's a Friday night. And if you're worried about not being able to watch this game because you need to go to high school football, this is a 9 o'clock Central Time kickoff. And the reason I, I decided to go with this one is because it could be a beautiful disaster. It's going <laughs> to come down to the team that makes one less mistake than the other team. These are two teams last year that finished below than 500, and they had some ugly ones. And TCU was lucky they didn't finish with just four wins and not five because they almost lost to KU mm-hmm. at home. Meanwhile, when you're Colorado and you're only scoring three points at Cal, oh. that is embarrassing. So both teams looking to definitely improve from last year. Top 10 list of the Big 12 non-con games I'm looking forward to the most. Number 9. Iowa State at Iowa. The Cyhawk series. Cyhawk trophy. And that's going to be played on September 10th. Same day K-State plays Mizzou. And it's going to be a 3 o'clock kickoff. I guess why I look forward to it is because it's usually a close game. It's a dogfight, great rivalry. It's going to be an amped-up environment. But even though Iowa State shouldn't be amazing in any way, they might be a 500 team, you know, 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five team. Feels like the ceiling, but we'll see how it pans out. Iowa State will find a way to blow it. Like, <laughs> Iowa will let them stay in the game, and Iowa State will find a way to blow it. Whoa. Number 8. Number 8 is West Virginia at... Virginia Tech. 
that is going to be on September 22nd, and that's going to be at 6.30. Why this is interesting to me is this game is going to be played on a Thursday. So West Virginia is playing two non-con games on a Thursday. But what's significant about this is both West Virginia and Virginia Tech will play the Saturday prior to that Thursday. Ooh. So both teams will have to play five days after they played Ooh, their, their previous game. And that usually, I don't think that happens very often. No. Usually if you're playing on a Thursday, you're taking the book in Saturdays off usually. Wow. At least when K-State played their Thursday games, that's the way it went down. So wow. it's quick turnarounds mm-hmm. for both of those games that's gonna be to play in Blacksburg. Yeah, and, and for good measure, it's in Blacksburg. Yikes! Hugh Metallica. <laughs> Number seven. Number seven. Central Michigan at Oklahoma State, and that's going to be a Thursday night game, September first at six o'clock. Central Michigan is interesting because they have Lou Nichols. Lou Nichols is a running back, and he was last season's. I believe he was the leading rusher in college football. Plus, when we think of this matchup, you flash back to 2016 mm. and how that game ended in Stillwater, where a Hail Mary for Central Michigan was later than lateraled. And the dude that was running with the football, taking a diagonal route to the towards the goal line, met a cowboy at the goal line, was tackled by his neck pretty much, and he just barely reached the ball across the goal line before the knee touched Mm -hmm. and won the game. If I remember correctly, that was a play that probably shouldn't have taken place, and the referee screwed it up. Yeah. What? No. Number six. Number six, Oklahoma at Nebraska. Hmm. And that's going to be an 11 a.m. kick on September 17th. The reason it's not higher – it is interesting. I mean, Casey Thompson, former Texas quarterback, is now at Nebraska. Um, Oklahoma making the return trip to uh, Lincoln after playing last year at home against Nebraska. I don't really care who wins or loses. I, I would like a good game, of course. But uh, for a game that big and what used to be just an absolute dogfight, a fist fight every year they would play, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, like, I don't like either one. Mm-hmm. So whoever wins, wins. Congratulations. But my fondest memories actually about that rivalry is when I worked for Shortstop in Concordia, on the right there on the highway, and there was a time where Oklahoma went to Nebraska. So Oklahoma fans would stop in the store. They're all happy. They're ready oh, for yeah. this game. They think they're going to kick the crap into Nebraska, and they score like. A touchdown in the game, and they lose by three points. Low-scoring game. They're going back to Norman, stopping in the store. They hate life. Yeah. The next year, Nebraska plays Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game in Arlington. So Nebraska fans are driving down. They're all happy to be in this situation, playing for a Big 12 title. They lose the game. They're coming back. They stop in the store, and they hate life. So I got to see... Sadness on both fan bases after losing to the other team. And that's always good. Ah, that feels great. After a long shift. Number five. Sorry to interrupt interrupt you there. Number five is UTSA at Texas. I'm telling you, watch out for the (laughs) Roadrunners. I'm not calling upset, but I think it could be a pretty good game because this is coming off a game against Alabama 
for Texas and UTSA, you know, making the short road trip up to Austin from San Antonio. That was a 12-win team last year. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they basically have everybody coming back besides the really good running back. And so expect a good game. I like that. Expect Texas to have their hands full that night. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? All right. Number four. Number four, my top ten list of Big 12 non-con games I'm looking forward to this season. Number four, and we talked about it late last week, Bay, uh, Baylor at BYU. The game is in Provo. And I've said it before. When we transition into the new Big 12, even at the 14, even at the 12, this seems like a natural rivalry. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's friendly now, but sooner or later it's going to be a rivalry that determines who's right. <laughs> and BYU's going to try to get revenge off Baylor that because Baylor won in Waco last year. BYU gets the return trip, and that's going to be played on Saturday, September 10th, and that is a 9-15 Central Time kickoff, so a late one for Baylor fans. Oh, that's interesting. That's good. That, that's an interesting matchup. Number three. Number three. This game was really good last year. It was a part of week one. And again, kind of the same situation with BYU and Baylor. I feel like it's going to be a very good rivalry when we head into the new Big 12. Houston at Texas Tech. It is an afternoon game, 3 o'clock on September 10th. And Houston is supposed to be pretty good. They're a preseason top 25. Yep. Texas Tech, again, not so much. But Tech figured it out last year, even though they didn't have the best team in the world. They might be slightly worse. I don't know. I just haven't quite figured out Texas Tech yet. But Texas Tech fans are going to be fired up. Houston coming to town. And even for who is still as a group of five team, you're going to see a really good environment, and fans are going to show up for Tech for that game. Number two. Number two. It was mentioned earlier by Kenan Cummings and myself when we talked about it, the backyard brawl mm-hmm. being renewed. West Virginia at Pitt. That's a September 1st game at 6 o'clock. That game at – it's not called Hyden Fields. Any, what's it called now? Oh, oh God, yeah. It's something not Heinz Field. You know, <laughs> something that rolls off the tongue. But, Yeah. They don't have the big ketchup bottles anymore. Now. But like, like Keenan said, that game is sold out. And how often do you see mi- very many Pitt fans at a Pitt home game? Not very many. Acrisure Stadium. Ugh. And Pitt is still ranked in the top 20 preseason, even though they don't have Kenny Pickett. A lot of people are still high on Pitt. Uh, and West Virginia is trying to bring this resurgence. It's their, home, it's their season opener on the road. And they have JT Daniels at quarterback. I agree with Keenan. Like, this is going to probably tell us a decent story and if West Virginia is going to be good or not, if they can pull off that victory. And then finally, number one, number one on my top 10 list of Big 12 non con games I'm looking forward to. Number one is Alabama at Texas. They're playing at 11 a.m., so they're playing at the same time. By the way, I, I wasn't going to include any K-State games. I wanted to stay away from K-State. Of course, I'm looking sure. forward to every one. What do you hate K-State now, Mitch? Alabama at Texas, September 10th at 11 a.m. The reason this is number one yeah. is because I hope Alabama kicks the ever-loving <laughs> hell out of Texas. <laughs> I hope Alabama and Nick Saban stomp a mud hole. Mm-hmm. In Steve Sarkeesian, 
and the Texas Longhorns. God, I hate a day that I have to cheer for Alabama. (laughs) They're going to get that taste of what life is going to be like in the SEC when it comes to actual games. It's probably going to be over by halftime, and it's going to crush the soul of Texas fans because they feel like this is it. This is like every year. This is it. The eyes of Texas. Oh, geez. And also, we remember when the game. We remember when the game was announced for an 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, it's gonna be too hot. This should be a night game. <laughs> Alabama's coming to town. Don't worry. So You'll be able to leave the game early. There won't be much much to watch after halftime. A couple of honorable mentions here: Duke at KU, uh, TCU what? at Colorado. Duke at KU. What? Uh-huh. Uh huh. SMU at TCU. That SMU won that game last year. I think this will be a little bit of a different game. And then Texas Tech at NC State. So Tech has to go on the road and play oh. a Wolfpack team. Oh. That's pretty good. I that doesn't have the same feeling as I have with Tech against Houston. That's going to be a better game because Tech's at home on the road in Raleigh, North Carolina. I don't like the. Red Raiders chances. Duke, Kansas. Are they playing for the worst stadium in the in <laughs> Division One? Is that what the game is? Uh, Duke is like anytime they get a road game, like sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you there. We'll, we'll be out there. No problem. I, I've walked through that stadium. That is not a oh yeah. Uh, but it at least is a better structure than what uh, Memorial is at this point. <laughs> and Tech, NC State. That's a good matchup. You know, it, it, it's like. The other day when I saw the Royals or the Dodgers were going to be in KC, I thought, what two teams have just never really had a history? Tech and NC State, are they starting a new rivalry? Like, that'd be cool with me, but that's just, I've never even heard of them coming, like, battling. It'd be like if we played Boston College or something. It'd be weird. Gee, imagine that. Scheduling. What a concept. Yeah, no doubt. Some crazy. Scheduling another FBS level team. Wow! Imagine how that happens. Hmm. Yeah. Are you are you are you calling somebody out right now? Or? Not anyone specifically. Oh, that's what no, I thought. I'm I th- just pointing out that I thought you we, might be elbowing somebody. No, here. we we've just lost it in in terms of the college game. We have lost the scheduling like I, that. I agree. We don't have nearly the matchups like a matchup like that we used to have. Yeah. Texas Tech and NC State. I mean, just I don't think just, it's that interesting. See, I, I think it's an interesting. Well, I granted you're looking at Tech potentially being in a rebuilding year, but right out of the box, I get jazzed at that because it's a it's an interconference matchup. Well, there, and yeah. and it's one where it's a different opponent. You get to see someone different yeah. for once. I, I agree. And, and yeah, it, it, we've gotten away from those types of matchups. I disagree with that, especially since with the college football playoff now, I mean, K-State has a Power 5 opponent, non-con lined up for the I mean, for a while now. It's not the most glorious. I mean, playing Arizona in 10 years probably won't be that great. But it's, it's definitely not uncommon these days to see Power 5 versus Power 5 in a non-conference game. Home and home series. Usually in Alabama has been playing a lot of games in neutral sites. So Clemson as well. Like those there's been some big like week 1 games played in big stadiums. It, it, it maybe it's just me but it feels like that we don't have them nearly like we did because everybody is pushing for the seven home games. Because yeah. everybody is pushing so hard that they've got to meet that number of those home games to fund everything else that's going on in their athletic department. And so the numbers of them are down from what it used to be. I feel you. I I love the weird, because if you look at the all-time 
record mm-hmm. between NC State and Texas Tech is probably uh, like one game. I do. I love because it kind of. I, I like it because you kn- usually didn't get to see that until bowl season. Where it'd be like, whoa, that's a crazy matchup. And even that has gotten to the point where it's you're kind of seeing the same old characters over and over and over again match up. And it kind of, like I'm tired of UCLA and Texas AM. I never I never want to see those two teams ever again. Ever, ever, ever again. And um I want to see K-State play somebody like LSU. You know, like when you see them play LSU, it's like that's kind of cool. Um, but if we could do but, that in the regular season too, it'd be like. All but right. if if you look, if you put yourself in LSU's shoes, mm-hmm. and you know you're in a you're at like Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, like those kind of programs, when you have a select number of non-con games you can play, and you want to bolster your schedule, you know you'll have to because you might be in a resume war later on in the season trying to get into the college football playoff. You don't want to waste, and I hate to use the word waste, but LSU probably won't schedule a team like K-State to fill that spot in the non-con. They want to play Texas or Oklahoma, more of a brand, more of a team that will be expected to threaten for a college football playoff spot. So it's going to be hard to agree on a home-and-home like that with an LSU. You'll have to meet up with them in a bowl game to have that meeting. That was, I guess that's like... I don't mean like literally. It's just nice to see. And I guess I will say it. I would like to see K-State schedule Boston College. I would like (laughs) to see them schedule somebody. Something super random. Something super random like you threw a dart at the the board and went, yo! I mean, honestly, would you have said that K-State scheduling Miami was not random? That was so random and awesome. That's the point. I loved it. And then to hear the Miami sports radio guy that, the former player got going off about how hey, we would have buried them back in the day. That was awesome, man. Well, guess what? This ain't back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Mm-hmm. This ain't the you, okay? Right. I loved it. That was so funny. Oh, I can't, I'm going to look that up because that was so just satisfying to hear that guy freak out. When we come back here on the game, we'll, uh, we're going to hear from a K-State position coach because this certain coach had reached out to Wyatt Hubert about Wyatt Hubert's retirement and also um, some news you'll need to know if you plan on buying the new NCAA football game ah. next year. Next, the game. Travion, what is this? Chris Brown, Fine China. Wow. Good beat. It's funky. Um, it's the really Palouse good. region is what I was looking ah, for. Ah, yes. That looks awesome. The what region? Palouse is where um, Washington State is located. It's mm-hmm. like kind of like the Flint Hills. Oh, you're talking about a topic we were talking yeah. about off air. Yeah, yeah. The geography of it. It looks amazing. It looks really cool. It's very rural like Kansas. Um, but yeah, it looks amazing. You throw in a couple little baby mountains in there, it looks cool as hell. The game continues with Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Travion Berkland is uh, over across the glass working the board. Uh, five three seven thirteen fifty is our number. I'm trying to do a better job of throwing out that out there. Just to let you know, yeah, if you want to call in about something, feel free to go in and do so. 
Uh, Buddy Wyatt, K-State's defensive ends coach, spoke to the media earlier today. That was a good question to ask because of the recent news about Wyatt Hubert, if Buddy Wyatt has reached out to him. Uh, Wyatt and I have texted one another, and he said he's really at peace with his decision. He said that he, you know, some things happened and uh, health-wise that wouldn't allow him, wasn't allowing him to play uh, the way he's capable of playing. But he's at peace with it. And, and I say, man, I just told him, Wyatt, you're more than just a football player, you know. And uh, he said, thanks, coach, man. I appreciate it. And we 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 stay in touch pretty much. And. And uh, I'm still staying in touch with him, you know. So, but yeah, he's he seems to be in a good place. I haven't uh, seen him, but I've communicated with him uh, via text and on the phone. Well, that's good to hear because knowing me and I having that opportunity to play in the NFL, your first year you you tear your pec mm. and you're not able to play, and then be, due to injuries you have to retire. To me, that would be demolishing yeah i would feel horrible Mm -hmm. that opportunity taken away from you when it was your goal the whole time to get there and it's taken away because of a freak accident with an injury i'd be devastated Mm -hmm. and so i i hope that statement's true that Wyatt hubert is at peace he has a plan on what he's going to do next and he's going to be fine no go ahead it's just i i really quick he's a great kid and um, it's too bad that he didn't get to show the everybody out there what kind of athlete he could be because I really do think he could be special. But um, shout out to him. He's a great kid. One of the things that you want to see from your student athletes when they graduate, and no matter what their future holds, that they've got a good handle on what that future could be. And if things don't go to their best you want to be able to hope that they've got that good grounding in them that they know that uh, that there's something else there and it sounds that he's got himself grounded well enough to understand that great point and one more thing before we hit the top of the hour ncaa football 24 <laughs> the video game oh boy so we're less than a year away from that coming back and we found out in 2011, or I'm sorry, 2021, that the NCAA football game franchise is making its return with EA Sports. We found out today, this was reported by 24-7 Sports, uh, Brandon Marcello, who has been following the story quite closely about this college football game that's making its return. The last one was NCAA 14. Wow. So it's been a minute. And it sells on eBay for like hundreds of dollars. Yeah, sure. I still have my copy. I haven't played it in a while, but I still have my Xbox 360. Hmm. You can't, I don't think you can do, I don't think you can play it on Xbox One. I don't think that's, it's capable of crossing over like that. Here, here's what you need to know. Of course, EA Sports right now and has been doing so for a while, trying to get all the rights to name, image, and likeness, licensing with all the universities, 130 plus. It doesn't. I don't think there's anybody holding out. There have been news that TCU might not be in the game, but uh, that was squashed today. TCU will be in the game. However, if you plan on playing this game and you still have a PS4 or your Xbox One, you are going to have to upgrade your console. I know Troy doesn't <laughs> care about this. He's not a gamer. The last console he owned was, an, was a Nintendo 64. Not even that. Really? The original NES, baby. Woo-hoo-hoo. Man. 
Damn. Of course, back then, video games were for losers, right? That At least that was a stereotype. Everybody's like, man. You're wasting your time you, on video games. You, you can make you 10 try, grand an you hour. You try telling anybody who played Mike Tyson's Punch Out that, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about playing video games as an adult. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're playing video games on a Saturday and you're 28 years old, yeah. you got to be a loser. Uh-huh. You're in mom's basement. <laughs> Hadn't seen the light of day in months. Mm. I, I showed my grandpa saw my PS4 and it blew his mind. He was like, "You play video?" And I was like, "Well, not much anymore." Right? Like, oh my god, that is insane. That's for well, kids. You guys know I'm a big gamer. Yeah. So if you want to play College Football 24, you will have to buy an Xbox Series S or X. And there's a there is a difference. Hmm. The X is 500 bucks. The S is 300 bucks. You can't find an X anywhere. But S is you can still find, um, and also. But if you have 4K TV, you want to get that. Uh, you want to get that Series X or the PS5. Hmm. But because of the um, the the computer chip shortage, they hadn't been producing as many. Hopefully, there'll be a next batch of X that will come out for Xbox, and I'm gonna go buy one so I can play some uh, NCAA football 24. Yeah, I'm just. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna get in my truck. I'm going to get in the driver's seat, and I'm going to drive to Mitch's house. And I'm going to create a 6'3", 225-pound Mitch Fortner, <laughs> who plays quarterback, and I'm going to win a Heisman Trophy my freshman year, baby. <laughs> I hope. I hope. That's it, awesome. I hope some of the errors that they've had in their NFL offerings, though, in the Madden game, yeah. don't make this game. The cut and paste has been killer. All right, hour two of the game. Don't go anywhere. We are going to hear from quarterback Adrian Martinez and also associate head coach Van Malone, who spoke to the press earlier today for about 30 minutes. Number one song of the day today is our 400th all-time. And, of course, we'll wrap it up with Ask Us Anything. Hour two is coming up. But up next, it's your local news here on The Game.